I'm Heather Roberts here with Heather Lyon, the Executive Director of CASA of Central Oregon. And thank you, Heather, for spending the time. Hopefully we won't get too confusing that you're Heather and I'm Heather. You can't have enough Heathers. Thank you for having me today. That's that's my thought exactly. Uh, big news for your organization this week with the swearing in of a bunch of new volunteers. Tell me how that went and why why so many at once? Yeah, the swearing in went really well. So we swore in 19 new CASA volunteers. CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. And these are community volunteers who have completed a training and are sworn in as officers of the court. And they are tasked with the responsibility of advocating for children in foster care. Um, and we were thrilled to have so many. We are actively looking for more volunteers, and so we have been looking for more, and we're really excited that 19 joined the call, and they answered the call, and they decided to become CASAs, and they were sworn in by Judge Bethany Flint recently, and they have already been assigned to individual cases of children or sibling groups in foster care, and they are already advocating for these children. Um, This is our community's most vulnerable children, and we couldn't be happier that they now have a CASA on their side to advocate for them and make sure that each child's unique needs are not lost during their time in foster care. Are these volunteers lawyers? I mean, do they have legal experience? They are not lawyers. They are anybody. Anybody can be a CASA volunteer if you are over 21 years of age. And if you have a heart for helping children and can pass a background check, then you can become a CASA volunteer. So what that looks like is these are community members. They range in age from their 20s to their 80s. And they said that this is something that they're passionate about. They did complete 40 hours of training. So there is a pretty extensive, it's an eight-week training process of classroom time, um, courtroom observation, and then an interview by a circuit court judge. And then after completing all of that, which um, gives them a bit of that base knowledge that they need to have to become a court-appointed special advocate, then they are sworn in by the judge to serve as an officer of the court. Um, since we are asking volunteers to essentially, you know, act in court and act in dependency cases and work within child welfare, we do do a significant amount of volunteer support after they're sworn in. So there is those 40 hours of training. And then all of our volunteers are supported very, very closely by CASA staff. But these are just community members who have a heart to help children. And it is a really wonderful thing to see. I think there is a, a bit of a misconception that the courts will just automatically act in the best interest of a child. And that's not always the case, right? I mean, that's why we have CASA. Yeah, correct. So when a child comes into foster care, the um, day-to-day decisions about their life are made by a caseworker. And then the major decisions about whether or not to return a child, um, to bring a child into foster care or return a child back to their parents or put them towards adoption or guardianship. Those are all made by a judge and the judge has never met the child. And so the CASA program was actually started in the 1970s up in Seattle by a judge, uh, Judge David Sukup, who was going to make a determination of the story goes to terminate a parent's rights. So that's forever legally separate a child from their parents. And he's going to make this decision and he's looking around the courtroom and he sees the parents and the parents' attorneys and he sees the state of Washington and the state of Washington attorney. And he realizes that this is a decision that's going to follow this child forever. And he has no idea how the child feels about it. And so that's how he as a judge created the CASA program. And so all of our CASAs, we are the eyes and the ears of the judge. So anytime a judge is making one of those decisions, 
that's going to affect a child. They have the CASA report, which is um, giving the information about the best interest of the child. And then the CASA is also there speaking for that child's best interest in court. And it is absolutely vital to make sure that that child's best interest is presented at at court proceedings, because every child's, I mean, every child is unique, their experience is unique, and the CASA is really the best person to represent that. And obviously, our CASAs are still advocating for children in court, and that's a key component of what we do. But as parties to the case, we have access to everything in that child's life. And so the CASA is also advocating for that child wherever they need advocacy. So what that looks like is if a child needs some extra support at school, the CASA can meet with the teacher and they can attend conferences and they can make sure that a child is connected to the educational support that they need. Um, if a child comes in and they have additional medical need or um, dental need, or maybe they need some occupational therapy or speech therapy, the CASA can be the connecting point to make sure that they receive those services working in partnership with the caseworker. Or it can be something as simple as if we have a, a kid who who, child who's in foster care who loves soccer, the CASA can be the person to say, all right, let's figure out how we can get this child signed up for, for soccer. And then if they move to another um, foster placement, which is very common here in Central Oregon, they can work with the next set of foster parents to make sure that that child stays in soccer. So it truly is each child's unique needs. The CASA becomes the expert in that child, and they really are the person who ensures that those child's needs are met during their time in foster care, knowing that there's a lot of transition for a child's life during their time in care. I think that's a really hard concept to understand because you mentioned the caseworker and DHS caseworkers, they are supposed to be the expert on that child, but they yeah. frequently between caseloads and everything else, they just don't have the resources available to do some of that minute work that you're describing. Yeah, the caseworkers, um, I have so much respect for our caseworkers, um, but there is a fair amount of turnover in that position. The average child here in Central Oregon will have, um, I believe it's four different caseworkers during their time in care. So there's a lot of turnover. And then the caseworkers are carrying high caseloads. So some of those, some of those specific unique needs, um, the CASA can really be a partner with the caseworker and making sure that um, the caseworker knows what's available for that child, knows what those needs are, so raising some attention. And then the CASA and the caseworker can work in partnership together um, to make sure that that child has everything that they need. What do you think is kind of that percentage of work for the, the CASA volunteers in court working on their case, whether it be termination of parental rights or reunification versus these other types of advocacy needs that you're describing? Most of the CASA, most of the work that a CASA volunteer does is um, more of what we call that community advocacy. So um, a case might be in court just one or two times a year. Um, and then, so what it, what being a CASA involves, and we typically say it's between 10 to 15 hours a month. Um, so it is a volunteer commitment, but it can be a flexible volunteer commitment that can work around if somebody's a working professional or if they're a parent, or if they like to travel, if they have a full life already, um, 10 to 15 hours a month on average is what we say. And what that looks like is meeting with the child at least once a month sometimes more if the CASA develops that kind of a relationship and then getting to know everyone in that child's life. So that looks like texting, emailing, and phone calls. That looks like attending meetings. And that's the majority of the advocacy work, knowing that a couple times a year, you will have to go to court, sometimes more, sometimes less, um, and really representing that child in court. How many kids does each volunteer have in their, in their caseload, so to speak? 
Yeah. So every volunteer is assigned at the beginning to a case. So that's a child or a sibling group. So typically that's one or two kids, maybe three. After a volunteer has been with us for six months, they have the option to take an additional case. Um, so our average volunteers are serving between two and three children at any given time. And what we do ask for is a two-year commitment because that's the average amount of time that a child spends in foster care. And we know that the caseworker is going to change, that foster placement is likely going to change. We want every child to have one CASA so that they have that consistent adult in their life during their time in foster care. Um, but those caseloads, that's a clearly a much smaller caseload than a caseworker. Absolutely. So that's where the CASA can really become the expert with the child and they can spend the time to get to know them and they can spend the time to get to know everybody. And they really like they they become that child's expert. They become that child's cheerleader and they know everything about that child. And it becomes just a really special relationship. Well, Heather, we are almost out of time. And, and you did mention you're looking for more volunteers. How can people get more information? Where can they learn more? Yeah, so they can learn more by coming to our website, casaofcentraloregon.org. We are looking for more volunteers. We do have these additional, these new volunteers who are advocating for children, and that's wonderful. But even with these new volunteers, there are currently 40 children who are waiting for a CASA volunteer. So they're here in foster care, and they don't have that person to get to know them and advocate for them. If any of your listeners are thinking, I want to know more about that, please go to our website. And go to the volunteer tab and there's an application there. Um, they can learn more on our website and there's an application that they can fill out. Our next training is going to start May 1st in Redmond. And we would love to have that class be full and as soon as possible, have another 19 or even more volunteers who are sworn in and advocating for children. Heather Dyan with CASA of Central Oregon. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. You're listening to FM News 100 and 1110 KBND.